Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Final hour is here, Friday edition, Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Chad, cheers. Cheers. Cheers to the weekend. We've got some great NFL games on Final tap. hour of the show, 5 p.m. Eastern hour. It is 5 o'clock somewhere. That somewhere is the eastern side of right the United here. States right now. And it's uh, 4 o'clock central here in Nashville, Tennessee. And Hutton, we're about 20 minutes away from the Chuttons. Yes, we are. The first and possible last edition of the Chuttons coming up in 20 minutes. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to hear uh, the winners and losers of the past year in sports. That is in 20 minutes. Right now, though, in Music City, we head... No one loses when they hear Danny Cannell. No, no, no. And we head to you know uh, Danny Cannell, who is wearing a hat from Park City, as we preview the college football playoff and more. Can't hide money, Danny. Can't hide <laughs> money. You got to wear that hat, don't you? To be fair, I was in Park City. I was actually in Deer Valley skiing, but I was at a friend's house. It was not mine. It was a freebie. So, and I also want you to know, like Jonathan, when you guys were having this little toast and saying, I almost got up and ran to the other room and got one to join you. Anytime. But yeah, I know. Next time next time I come on a Friday at five, I'm definitely going to take you up on you it. You know because- what? Any, any weekday and any time. But just, you know, we'll, you know, I'm, with that Park City hat on, I'm shocked that one of the seven fridges in your house isn't located right next to you that you even had to get up, Danny. I thought you would just pull out the mini fridge right yeah. next to you and be ready to hey, go. Hey, do you have a Sonic ice machine as well? <laughs> yeah, I've got that. I've got multiple hot tubs around, yeah, like one outdoors, indoors, Absolutely. a sauna, a, must. a steam room. Yeah, yeah, our own home spa here at the house. Yeah, gotcha. for sure. <laughs> uh, Danny Cannell with Bet Online, betonline.net, and you can check out Bet Online for a plethora of national championship lines, including the spread, total, game MVP, first touchdown score, margin of victory, total touchdowns, and much, much more. Just based on the spread alone, who do you like in this game and why, Danny? So I've gone over this a bunch, right? You know, in the lead up to the game, and I really, really wanted to take. TCU. It's a lot of points. Man, it's like, and they've they've proved me and others wrong all season long. Although I did pick Kansas State to win the Big 12 championship game. That was the one game where I felt like the exhaustion factor was going to come back. But then I thought Michigan would handle them, you know, and I laid the seven and a half with Michigan. I was wrong. Um, but I just keep on playing this matchup in my head and I look at these two teams and if they play 10 times, I think the likelihood is that seven out of those 10 games, Georgia wins by two touchdowns. So if the line's down to 12 and a half where it sits now, why wouldn't I lay those points? And everything about TCU, if you want to play TCU, I think is an emotional team of destiny type of pick. And I don't think that's very smart. I don't think that's the way you want to handle you know, your hard-earned money if you want to put a little action in the game. If you want to put a little bit on it and say, man, I love the underdog story, sure, go ahead. But I think if you want to win and have not as much concern, that Bulldogs are the place to go. 90% of Georgia's roster is four- and five-star talent. I mean, it's just 
It's a reality. They're one of the most stacked rosters in all of college football, which is why they are where they are going for back-to-back national championships. And TCU has been able to do more with less, but when they're stacked up and you start going position by position, there aren't many advantages to TCU where you could say, yeah, that makes sense. I just, I think, I think Georgia's a significantly better team. And I think they're, it's the smarter play is to lay the 12 and a half. Danny, I love you know talking to offensive guys and defensive guys about issues like this. The targeting penalty that was wiped away on Marvin Harrison Jr. in the back of the end zone in the Ohio State-Georgia game. We had Bobby Carpenter on, noted Buckeye, who said, I feel like that's not targeting, but I also feel like it's normally upheld and called that way. So I think it probably should have been upheld, but I don't think it's targeting. He's a former linebacker. You as a quarterback and a football fan watching that play that ultimately knocks Marvin Harrison Jr. out of the game certainly affected Ohio State in that outcome. What did you think about the flag being picked up? Chad, what's nuts in all this? What are we, six or seven years ago, we don't even blink an eye at that play. We're like, ah, it's a good, great breakup, right? Uh, He's out of, like, sorry, he's out of the game. But as we know, targeting is prevalent in college football. So I think if you had, and this happens all the time, and this is one of my issues with targeting, is it's so vague and unclear in so many circumstances. I work with Dustin Dvorak on the radio. He's a defensive tackle. He says, no way it was targeting. I thought it was. but And, you know, and when I used to work at ESPN, they used to have these seminars where they'd come in and the officials would put up, um, you know, video, and there'd be 100 people in the room, you know, college football experts and analysts and the official would stand up there and say, and give us examples like, okay, this is targeting. This is not targeting. And like, I'd say 40% of the room would be like, yep, that's targeting. 60% would be no, no, no way. That's not targeting. It's still that way. It's just the game happens so fast. Sometimes I think there are going to be some calls that are made that are unclear. I thought the hit, wasn't helmet to helmet, but I thought it was attack at the point of the head and or the, the head and the neck area, which to me is a part of the definition of targeting. I thought it was going to be targeting. I was surprised it was waved off. Like I, that to me is where I stood, but yet knowing how many times it's unclear, I'm like, there's nothing that would shock me, whatever they do. You know, like it's just you can't ever trust your eyes when you're looking at targeting. You have to trust the officials, which unfortunately they're humans too. And I could be on the other side. It's just you kind of sometimes have to cross your fingers as a team that's on the wrong side of it or the right side of it and hope it goes your way. Danny Cannell, our guest, courtesy of Bet Online. So if we rewind things to July, July 4th weekend, we're discussing the Big Ten adding USC, UCLA, right? And now the mad scramble. What's going to happen to the Pac-12? It's much like Texas A&M, or excuse me, Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. What's the Big 12 going to do? If TCU, TCU alone being in the game, but winning this game, what does this mean for the Big 12, Danny? Well, I think it's great, right? Um, If you're Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, you're got to be doing jumping jacks, right? Like, thank goodness it's not Oklahoma or Texas. Neither one played for the Big 12 championship last year either. And so you're thinking, man, we don't really need those programs to have a national championship contender. 
but even more so when you look at the leverage it brings you, because I don't think it's any secret that Brett Yormark has tried to have conversations with the big tw- uh, Pac-12 and tried to bring in some of those um, you know, teams to the conference, which I do think makes the most sense. I do like, and, and there's been rumors out there that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah could join the Big 12. That's another four teams. Like that seems to make some sense. Um, you know, and maybe, and you could have a 16 team conference with the four teams from the American and BYU that are coming in. I, I hate all of this though. Like, I, cause then what has happened to the PAC 12, which has been a traditional longstanding, you know, part of college football. And that to me puts the PAC 12 in a really dire position where it doesn't even exist. So yeah, I think it was re- I think it's great for college football. At first, I think TCU getting to the championship game is awesome. I think everybody's tired tired of seeing the same four teams in the playoffs, four or five, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, like some version of those four. And, you know, we got Michigan last year, but they didn't advance. They got blown out by Georgia. I think it's great, but I think it's huge news for the Big 12 showing that, because I think there's going to be some critics just like there were this year questioning, does TCU really belong there? You know, do they really belong in this par- at this party? And they showed... They were more than capable because you could, you know, you know what we would be discussing if Michigan had run TCU out or even won by 10 points. Oh, Alabama, they would have won. They would, they should Mm. be in this game. You know, like, unfortunately, both teams that were questionable as far as resumes represented themselves really well, which I thought was the best case scenario for college football because I get chaos and rooting for that, but I also, like to be entertained and to see teams rise up to the occasion. And we saw really all four teams rise up and, you know, two teams were able to advance and two teams sadly had to go home. Danny Cannell, our guest on Outkick 360. And Danny, the crazy thing is, I don't think TCU is some one-hit wonder in this whole deal. They're bringing in their greatest recruiting class ever. They're bringing in top-notch transfers, three of which are coming from Alabama. Two of those three are five-star guys. (laughs) Trey Sanders at running back, transferring to TCU. Three Alabama teammates going to be Horn Frogs next year. Could TCU become Oklahoma now that Oklahoma's leaving the Big 12 and be the year in, year out team you look at to be one of the final four or eight now that we're moving to 12 teams in the, in the playoff? For sure. I'd have to see it first, right? I mean, there's the, the Big 12 was deep this year. I mean, there's a reason why they had a stretch where they played you know, four top 25 opponents and they didn't finish in the top 25, but like Kansas had an outstanding year. Oklahoma state kind of diminished at the back end of the season, but they're still always going to be a tough out like that. I think if you would ask this before the season, who's going to fill the void that Oklahoma and Texas leave behind, we're probably saying Oklahoma state, but the fact that they're vulnerable right now, and there's some question marks, they got some guy, you know, four wide receivers leaving Spencer Sanders, their quarterback is leaving. It does open up a void. But we still do have Oklahoma and Texas in there for another season at least. But why wouldn't TCU, who, by the way, was picked seventh at the preseason to win the Big 12? You know, that's where they were predicted to finish. Why wouldn't they be the team to, to beat? I mean, absolutely. And I think it's a great, like, when you think of high schoolers, you got to put your, your mind back into a high school mentality. Like, I was recruited. I wanted to go somewhere that won. So it's so... Like, yeah, of course they're going to do well in recruiting in the transfer portal because nobody wants to go to a team that finished five and seven. I think that's a tough sell. 
But you go to a team that goes to the playoff and the national championship and they got some mojo and they get all this attention and they're on national television and game day goes there to, to Fort Worth. Yeah, all of a sudden, it's a lot easier to do your job bringing in players if you're Sonny Dykes. And I think it's an exciting offense. Like from the offensive side of the ball, they're going to be able to get talent in there because they're going to put up statistics. The defense has been very opportunistic, maybe not statistically great. But yeah, people want to go to a program with some excitement around it. So I think absolutely TCU, I don't know if they replace Oklahoma. Like that's, they won what, six in a row, Big 12 championships. That Maybe nobody ever does, but they've got to be at the top of the list of teams to step up in the void left behind Oklahoma and Texas. I realize TCU needs this more than Georgia and what I'm about to ask Danny, but which quarterback do you trust to have the game of their life on Monday night more? Neither, <laughs> like I, you know, like so because I think so. I gave you my pick, right? I think I think Georgia wins by twelve and a half. And the way I see this game unfolding, I do think Stetson Bennett will be good, like he's been all season long. I don't think he has to be great. I, I just think he kind of has to, and he he has been great at times. Don't get it wrong, but for Max Duggan, he's got to be spectacular in maybe a fashion that he hasn't been this year. Because his game is different than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Those are elite, elite passers. Bryce Young's probably going to go one, and C.J. Stroud's going to go two. And those are the type of quarterbacks that have fared well against Georgia's secondary. And I do think that is a weakness in, in, in really nitpicking when you talk about Georgia. I think that is the area you have to attack them. But I think Kirby Smart has a lot of game film now. He saw Michigan. They got embarrassed again against Ohio State, they're going to come in a little ticked off and say, all right, and I think they'll actually have the exact opposite game plan that they had against C.J. Stroud. So I think their plan against C.J. Stroud was to flush him from the pocket, and they did, and C.J. burned him. Like, he got outside the pocket, extended plays, got some hidden yardage, made throws on the run. With Max Duggan, I think their game plan is going to be don't let him beat with their legs, don't let him get outside, let's force him to be more of a pocket passer and if you watch TCU throughout the season, he can throw from the pocket, but it's not where he shines. He shines improvising, tough yards. He's physical. You know, he runs hard and he can make some throws, but he's not going to just slice and dice you like the quarterbacks that I mentioned. Bryce Young last year in the SEC championship game and CJ Stroud a week ago. That's not the type of game he plays. So if, if, if TCU pulls off the upset, Max Duggan will be phenomenal. I just think it's not his forte. And with really Quentin Johnson, who is a first-round talent, the supporting cast is good. I don't think they have the depth and the type of freakishly good talent that Alabama and Ohio State have had at skill positions. Danny Cannell has been our guest. Bet Online is where you can check out the plethora of national championship lines, including the spread total, game MVP, and much more. Cheers to you. We always love having you on, Danny. We appreciate you, man. And uh, next time, next time you're on, regardless of the day or time, we'll do Now, the... Jonathan, Chad, I got to go shotgun one to catch up to you guys. Yeah, well, or just go. Stab it with a key. Next time, join us from your home spa <laughs> that you have, since you're going to Park City all the time. Please do. I'll just do it from the hot tub. Perfect. <laughs> See you guys. Better, man. There's Danny Cannell, who has been our guest. Love having him on. And uh, always great perspective. Check out betonline.net for more. Uh, from Danny and also SiriusXM uh, is where you can find him and CBS. Coming up, you can find the Chuttons. Chad, is uh, is it me or is it you? We get this a lot.
I have once signed your autograph while you watch me do this. I introduced myself to someone's mother who thought I was you as you looked over from across a tent at a tailgate, and you laughed. I, yeah, I have, and, and many times I have walked uh, in NFL stadiums, and someone has said, Hutton, I love your work. I said, I love you too. Thank you so much. I do it all for you, the people. The Chuttons, the first and who knows, maybe last Chutton Awards. Uh, next, we've got Haley Karania, who's about to join us to host these award-winning awards that truly matter for she the winners will, and losers of the last we year. We can promise that, unlike Chris Rock, she will not be touched. She will not be slapped no. on stage as she presents these awards. That is the only thing we can promise about this award show. It's going to be awesome, and it's next on so Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Outkick 360. I'm Haley Karania, your host for the first annual Chutton Awards, the most important award show in all of sports. Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow, who just pulled off one hell of a costume change, I must say, will be naming the winners and losers of 2022 in the following six categories. The Michael Jordan Alpha Award, the Quiet Quitting Award, the Best Rant Award, the Keith Olbermann Beta Award, the Mike Leach Most Interesting Person of the Year Award, and finally, the Outkick Person of the Year Award. Each category will have three finalists, but there can only be one winner, so let's get started. We're kicking off the Chuttons with Category 1, the Michael Jordan Alpha Award. Obviously, he is the GOAT. He is the pinnacle, dominates his competition. Everyone fears him, but at the same time, everybody wants to be him. And this award goes to the biggest alpha of the year. The finalists in this category are the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, Yankees outfielder, Aaron Judge, LSU gymnast and NIL mogul, Livy Dunn. Guys, what do you think? First off, the Chuttons are already off to an amazing Terrific start. Terrific start. And a great start by Haley on these finalists, our nominees for the Michael Jordan Alpha of the year, rightly named. Look, Greg Sankey. By the way, we're going Golden Globe style here, so there are yes, drinks are. On, on the Ricky Gervais as well. Yes. Um, I look, I look forward to being insulted. Uh, <laughs> the most powerful person. I'm going to make Hutton cry during these awards today. <laughs> the most powerful person in college sports is Greg Sankey. Yep. And he comes about it with a very measured, for the most part, balanced and neutral approach in his delivery. He's always scheming behind the scenes, though. I love him as an alpha finalist for 2022. Yeah, he's in one of those guys that everyone that talks about him just has nothing but great things to say about his intelligence. It's a crowded field for the Alpha Award this year. Uh, Aaron Judge made the Alpha play with getting oh. paid and also staying a Yankee. And, of course, with the season he had. Million. So that's a good one. Livy Dunn almost created her own avenue. 
in terms of NIL and the amount of money she's making as a gymnast at LSU. I'm not sure who I think is going to win this or who should win it, but it's some great nominees this year. No doubt. And Haley, who wins in 2022? Well, the winner of the MJ Alpha Award this year is Livy Dunn. I've got no issue with that. I love it. Whatever committee is voting on the winners of this award just did a fabulous job. Livy Dunn is uh, an impressive person in the business sense of what she's been able to create. Well, and she's ridiculed for being in the NIL field, uh, but it's a problem for equal rights. But you had four of the top seven female earners of the 2021 fiscal year in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model uh, edition of the magazine, and they were empowering. She's doing the exact same thing, and she's getting paid through name, image, likeness, Livy Dunn. I'd like to also have the solo camera on me right now. I'd like to take this moment to announce that Livy Dunn wanted to be here to accept this award, but unfortunately, (laughs) she couldn't make it. She just said she had better things to do. But she said, if we make it to a second edition of the Chuttons and she wins any award, she will be here on site to accept that award. Thank you very much. We go back to Haley Karania for our next award. Well, we're looking forward to that next year. But the next award is the Quiet Quitting Award. And each year, new trendy terms are added to the Urban Dictionary, if you will. And Quiet Quitting has quickly replaced work from home in the latest office slang. It's when you don't have the balls to actually put in your two weeks, but you stop doing the work anyway. In other words, you choose to suck at your job. Mm. So this year's finalists are former Nebraska head coach Scott Frost former president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, and finally, Brooklyn Nets guard, Ben Simmons. Scott Frost, what a total collapse. (laughs) Uh, What a total collapse. And here's why it's quiet quitting, Chad, for him. Love the nominee. Because he had friends and his staff fired. He agreed to this in order to come back only to be fired at his alma mater, at his school, literally weeks into the season, just prior to his buyout going down. That is the definition of quiet quitting. The opposite of quiet quitting is me wearing this tuxedo t-shirt for every show from here on out. I think that I just found my style. This is just going to be my thing. I'm always in a tuxedo t-shirt of different colors from here on out. I love it. Uh, I think it's Mark Emmert. Uh, He took down an entire institution Mm. and then just sort of threw his hands up and said, you know what we want to do. Let's let Congress figure it out. That's always a good way to do it. We're not going to take any leadership or accountability. Zero. We're going to let the government figure it out. My vote is for Mark Emmert. Based on the the different categories we have in this, uh, Emmert would qualify for a, a handful of these awards. Uh, ben Simmons, by the way, uh, not a quiet quitter, just a quitter. Yeah. Like, right? Like, I'm with you on Emmert, and that's where my vote would go. Haley, I'm eager, eager to uh, to find out who's winning this award. For the record, I do feel underdressed sitting next to you guys, but the winner of the Quiet Quitter Award, essentially the laziest person of 2022, is Mark Emmert. You guys are right on the money. Look at that. Look at that. Two for two on the winners with Mark Emmert. I think that was an easy one, Hutton, given the collapse of the NCAA and his sitting by and doing absolutely nothing about it. And on top of that, the Kansas City Jayhawks was also his his last impression. That was a tough moment. Yeah. Uh, congratulations or no, uh, not congratulations on the career of Mark Emmert as the president of the, or former president now of the NCAA. We go back to Haley Karania with our next award. 
The next one is the Best Rant Award. This one's pretty self-explanatory. The finalists may or may not be athletes, but they sure do know how to run their mouths. And the finalists are New York radio legend Mike Francesa, fired head coach of the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett, and finally, Colts owner Jim Ursay. Francesa has been nominated for this rant on Bob Costas' constant yammering. Let's take a listen. Beta got a home run. So you got three home runs. You use the power. Costas, who will not be quiet no matter what. Listen, Costas has just, I don't know, he thinks that I guess every word is golden because he just will not shut up. Everything's a history lesson. We don't need a history lesson every two seconds. Okay, everybody's a Yankee fan. They have Yankee history. They understand Yankee history. They know it backwards and forwards. This is not a history class. It's a baseball game. Be quiet. Do the game. He's driving everybody crazy. He must have said a thousand times, the Yankee home runs. We know the Yankees have doubled their home runs this year. We know the Indians hit 127 homers and the Yankees hit 254. We know that. Everybody knows it. Make the point once, not 4,000 times. Yikes. Well, despite being gifted <laughs> Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett makes the list for this rant that didn't age very well. Roll it. What wow. a disaster. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Russell Wilson. Holy. Um, very exciting. Um, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, somebody asked me when we were at the combine, what do you look for in a quarterback? And I said that uh, tough, smart, accurate, athletic. I mean, get, go into the dictionary and you'll see Wilson there smiling with a big old smile because that, that's who he is. I mean, George hit on all of it. I mean, you're 100% right. Just his durability, his accuracy, deep balls. I mean, we're going to be throwing that thing down the field. And, that's so exciting. It's so exciting for everybody. And it did take a lot of people. It took everybody in this building. Uh, thank you for everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because this is very exciting for the coaching staff, for the players, for the team, for all of us. And uh, it, it's crazy because you talk about him on, on the field a lot, you know, as a football player. Just the father he is, you know, getting to know this family. I was very excited to meet his wife. Um, almost probably more excited, not going to lie. But sorry, Russ. Um, Jim Ursay finally makes the list for this presser that almost makes as much sense as hiring no experience Jeff Saturday to coach the Colts. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. That means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. And he has tons of experience. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. And there was no other candidate. We were fortunate that he was available. I'll be frank. I asked, I asked Mr. Ursay, tell me why, why I am a candidate you would consider in any, in any role to why do they, this. You know, no one's perfect in this game. You know how many shots Michael Jordan's missed? I don't know what we would have done, if anything, if, if he wasn't available. And you guys can try to diminish him all you want, but that's just your words. They have no substance to it because there's no truth in it. And you guys missed one question for him and he can't answer it since I'm answering. Have you talked to Peyton yet? <laughs> don't answer. Don't answer. Uh. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. 
What epic. do you think, guys? Oh, this is a this oh, is a layup. So good. Speaking of Jordan miss shot. Love shots, to see it. Love to see it. This is a layup, and it's because Jim Ursay, Chad, um, shocked everyone by selecting Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach and then doubled down. What you didn't hear is within that he said that the rest of the coaches in the NFL, they coach scared. And Jeff Saturday coming in, not knowing about coaching in the league would actually benefit him because he's not going to be scared about having the job. Listen, that Ursay, just the upper quartile of the upper quartile, the laughter, the weird joke about Peyton Manning, the whole thing is pretty perfect. Mike Francesa had a good rant. My one objection to it is he acts like everyone's a Yankees fan in, in the world that's watching that baseball game in the playoffs. Of course we all knew that the Yankees doubled their home runs. Not everyone knew that. So he is busting Bob Costas, which I like, yep. because at times I find Bob Costas to be insufferable. But I think his material in doing so is lacking. And Nathaniel Hackett, first off, clean up that lav mic, bro, uh, when you're brushing up against it the whole time. And second, that's just par for the course. For that guy. I think this has got to be Ursay, Hutton. It's got to be Ursay's award to win. I, I hope it is. Uh, Jimmy Ursay deserves this. Rant of the year for an interim head he coach it. that is probably going to be their general manager. Who knows? Who's he winning? He earned this Chutton. And the winner of the best rant of the year goes to Jim Ursay. Yeah. Yes. You guys just keep hitting Nailed it right it. on the money. Jimmy. Jimmy. Whoever's voting on this award is really, really smart. That is the winner oh, right can there. Can we uh, can we add Shane Beamer for next year for his rant with Dow Loggins? Can we? Because that can that count? It's like a, a film that comes out know, just guys, before the Academy. Have you Awards? guys heard of Michael Jordan? Yeah, I don't know. Have Bill you talked Parcells? To, have you talked to these have people? You, have you called La- Laquan Treadwell? I mean, that was an incredible rant. But I think because you know it's like the voting year for the Oscars. I think you know, like yeah. December first maybe was the cutoff. So since that happened in December, we could have Shane Beamer eligible for next year's award. But for this year's next award, we send it back to Haley Karania. All right, next up is the Keith Olbermann Beta Award. It's named after, obviously, the biggest beta ever. He's the kind of guy who will trash his ex-girlfriend decades later. And the finalists of the Keith Olbermann Beta Award are almost as bad. The finalists are Mm -hmm. Texas A&M Aggies head coach Jimbo Fisher, Alabama wide receiver Jermaine Burton, the NBA's resident crybaby LeBron James. Chad, you have the honors because there is no other candidate that can possibly win than one. Look, there was a story that we kept alive for a while because everyone else wanted to shut up about it, and that's because Nick Saban wanted everyone to shut up about it. Jermaine Burton did some sort of backhanded slap slash pie face into the face of a young college woman for Tennessee on the way off the field as a big, strong, tall, fast, wide receiver for the University of Alabama. And then Nick Saban defends it, sort of, by saying, you know, it's really a scary situation when you're out there. You're scared of this small woman that's walking, minding her own business? You're really scared of that? Hutton, it's got to be, at least for me, the beta of the year has to go to Jermaine Burton of Alabama. Yeah, but there were no acceptance speeches even prepared by Jimbo Fisher or LeBron James. Uh, for this year's award. They're going to be shocked. If they win, they're going to walk in here completely ill-prepared to deliver an acceptance speech. Haley, who wins? I can't even call this a winner, but the (laughs) recipient of this year's Keith Olbermann Beta Award is... 
Jermaine Burton. Uh, Jermaine so. Devap, and you won't make the list next year. That's all we got to say. I'm the only one that's um, going to get a standing ovation oh, for so that I'm award right, right there. But this is the type of award you give it away, and no one's happy about it. But I will stand and applaud that decision yes. by our committee. Yes. Next up, um, I, I even better award. A bigger award for sure. Yes, better than Keith Olbermann. Way better. Big shoes to fill here. Our next category is named in honor of beloved Mississippi State coach Mike Leach, who sadly passed away on December 13th of 2022 after he was hospitalized due to a heart condition. Let's take a look back at one of Mike Leach's most memorable moments. First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. It's unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. <laughs> uh, the husky, no chance. The beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Just as far as the beast alone... Uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo is utterly outstanding. Did I leave any of them out? The cougar will find a way. Uh, <laughs> Clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. Obviously, Mike Leach, a hero gone way too soon. So before we get to the finalists for this one, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about Leach's legacy and what this category means for you? Chad, he's one of a kind, and he's also the end of an era because he's so difficult to replace in terms of someone in sports that will speak their mind to the level that Mike Leach did, no matter the setting. That's the key here. You could ask him a question at a, a halftime interview, post-game after a big win or loss, or at a press conference setting, and he's going to give you the same respect and a thoughtful answer, and it's going to be entertaining. No matter what he was talking about, I was listening. There's not many, and in fact, maybe one or two others total that I find that interesting right now in today's sports landscape. And it may be that talk right there of all of his knowledge of Native Americans and animals and all yeah. the mascots and who would win in a fight that led me to uh, request for Christmas to get his book on Geronimo. We had the co-author, Buddy Levy, on the show to talk about that. Read it in one day. It was that entertaining, that insightful from Mike Leach. Sort of sums the guy up. He's one of the greatest football minds of all time, and he could write a biography of Geronimo and make it entertaining where you read it in one day. Yes. Uh, he's gone, not forgotten, and he's going to be missed. Not for, Haley, what he did, not just for what he did on the field as a coach, but... Uh, for what he meant just in the, the media world, because he would answer literally anything you could toss his way. All right, well, the finalists for this award are Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, SNL funny man and womanizer Pete Davidson, and lastly, Tesla, SpaceX, and Twitter CEO Elon Musk. 
Chad, um, I wrote a column this summer for OutKick on Mike McDaniel and how he's the most interesting guy because he's a Harvard... No, he excuse me. He's a Yale history major. Yep. Turned head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Run game coordinator with Kyle Shanahan. Has followed Kyle literally everywhere. He backs his, his way into the Miami job based on the lawsuit from Flores. Otherwise, we're probably talking Sean Payton. And now we're talking about Mike McDaniel because not just for the job he's done as a coach, but also he's the most similar to Leach right now because you can ask him anything and he's going to have a thought-provoking conversation. I'd love to sit down and have dinner with this dude. Yeah, no disrespect to the other finalists here, but I feel like for this award, if Mike Leach is the namesake, we got to give it to the guy who's coaching football like Mike Mm. Leach that very much is not in line with the standard talk of most football coaches from a personality standpoint, from how they deliver their message. Everything's a little bit different with Mike McDaniel in a good way. I hope he's the winner. But we go to Haley Karani to find out who is the winner. Is this thing rigged? The winner of the Mike Leach Most Interesting Person of the Year Award is Mike Daniel. Yes. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. There is no way Pete Davidson is winning an award named after Mike Leach. <laughs> I mean, Pete Davidson's won enough awards. It's the girls yeah, he dates. Yeah, uh, yes. Those are those are the awards for yeah. him. I don't is, think he needs is anything. Is Kim Kardashian else. an award? Yeah, he's received enough in life. I mean, it's okay. fine. <laughs> we uh, we interviewed Pete Davidson back in the day. Uh, he's a squatter. Yeah, remember how he talked about how he's like afraid of older white men who yes. tell him to be funny, and that he was fearful of us during the interview that he thought we were going to start yelling at him to be funny the whole time. Um, anyway, Pete Davidson, funny guy but not our winner for this. Haley, I think we have one more award left. Is that correct? That's correct. We have one more special award to announce the Outkick Person of the Year. And the finalists for that award this year are the quarterback for the UT Vols, Hendon Hooker, MLB legend, Pete Rose, and Bill Akins, the umpire who kicked Clay Travis out of a Little League game, Guys, the winner will join us in studio after the break. How exciting is that? I'm very excited. Um, I have no idea how Pete Rose is nominated for this award. I don't know what he did in the last year. We'll have to talk to the committee he about answered, that. He answered his phone. He was on the show. Yes, he came on the show. So, you know, we, we felt good about that with him. He also placed not a sure first that he's, bet. I not think, sure that Ohio. he's done a lot. You know, uh, Hinden Hooker has oh, uh, published uh, he's great uh, for this. Christian Children's books and he single-handedly almost resurrected yeah. a proud football program in the yeah. national prominence and led one of the greatest you know, won one of the greatest games we've seen in recent college football history and then you got a guy who had the audacity to throw clay travis out of his son's baseball game which to me holds a special place in my heart but now that i've laid all this out here Hutton, and we found out that the winner is here with us i'm sure after bashing pete rose he's about to walk <laughs> through that door Two moonshines in, yeah, and maybe. then surprise us there all. There's a card show somewhere And I'm going to be confronted by Pete Rose after bashing. So we have this coming up? It's coming up. That's next on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. The Chuttons continue on OutKick 360. Big thanks to Haley Karania. Crushed it with the categories and the presentation. Thankfully, she did not go full Ricky Gervais on this at the Golden Globes. I didn't want to cry today, so I'm glad she didn't do that. I I would hate to leave here in tears. Uh, I may cry based on the in-studio guests. We have the OutKick Person of the Year. So, uh, Chad, among the finalists. I'm getting ready to do a drum roll. Hendon Hooker. Yep. Pete Rhodes. Yes. And Bill Akins, the umpire who tossed Clay Travis from a Little League baseball game. We've had all three on the show over the last 12 months. But there is only one man who can live up to man of the year, considering he threw out outkick president Clay Travis from a Little League baseball game. Bill Akins, the umpire in studio with us. The only winner is the man of the year. Bill, how does it feel to be both number one on the score on the scorecard and number one in everyone's hearts? Well, uh, Chad, I, I told my son I wouldn't cry, and I'm just really, really trying to hold that in. But I have dreamed about this day since I was just a little boy, <laughs> so it, it feels amazing. Did, did you think, Bill, when you showed up at that little league park on that fateful day? That you would commit an act that would win you outkick person of the year by tossing Clay Travis? Or was it just an, a, an ordinary day? Well, you know, it, it wasn't just an ordinary day. There was, there was something about the air. There was something about the feeling that day that I knew was going to be different and could change the trajectory of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so for, and that thing that was different was a millionaire uh, hurling F-bombs at you. Yes. So congratulations. Because that's what so happened. Let, let's reset because Clay came in studio with with us and with Bill earlier. Here's a, a photo of it, but they we had both in to relive what happened the previous weekend, where Clay admitted that he got tossed, and we found the umpire. Chad, you found Bill, and we had Bill in, and I mean everyone's on your side here, Bill. But, but I, I Clay, feel like I even just tweeted it out. I think Bill got he okay. saw the tweet and got in touch. He was a Listener so, and uh, viewer of ours and new Clay. So, so let's out. give the 60-second recap of what happened here. This is early in the game, late in the game, and you, you knew Clay was behind you, right, if I remember correctly. And he makes the comment, you have to be effing kidding me. I believe that's the quote. It was kind of a question and a statement. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At um, the same time. Which sounds like Clay. That is a statement I've heard before. Yep. And It you, tracked when we heard that. Yeah, and, you, and Bill, you obviously heard it too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, this hasn't kept me up as many nights as it probably did Clay, so my recollection is not probably as clear as his would be. Uh, but as I best can remember, it was earlier in the game, close game. I had no idea Clay was there. Uh, At all? No, I had no idea. I, honestly, I didn't know until I heard it, turned around, and the only like gentleman that was in the vicinity <laughs> – was Clay Travis. But you knew it Clay, was Clay. Clay, by the way, being gentleman in quotations. Okay. He was surrounded by women, mostly family members, his mother, I think, included, <laughs> and is just uh, dropping F-bombs left and right uh, towards Bill in this Little League game. Have you thrown anyone else out since? Uh, 
probably <laughs> probably man you do it so regularly bill you just forget every yeah, week it know. seems like a memorable moment when you toss someone from a game yeah yeah it's it's usually more of a uh, a restriction i think i had one other person this year that cussed that i had to actually remove remove so. was it a coach or a parent uh or that, a player? that was a coach okay. that was a coach assistant coach i bet Absolutely. So every time. Yep. Every time. Bill, I, I coach softball uh, at the uh, seven and eight year old level. And I will tell you, I will never curse at an umpire because I respect the work that you do. Not, not at this level. Now, when they get to nine and 10, <laughs> it's no holds barred. Who knows what's going to happen? I understand. Hey, I, and, and I wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, you've been a great sport about this. Uh, people are like, is he really coming in? And Clay's going to be like, yes. And it's going to be just fine. Just chill. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and the fact that you not only knew Clay, but you were a fan of OutKick made it even better. Uh, that's why you, sir, are the man of the year for OutKick in 2022. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Uh, I did prepare a short acceptance speech, Please. if you guys don't mind. Go yes. ahead. Um, we'll play I was, you out. Yeah, I was going to write it down, but I didn't. So, uh, you know, <laughs> first of all, I just want to thank my wife. <laughs> If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have the opportunity every weekend to miss time with my family and go be with your family and get yelled at by the parents. <laughs> Secondly, I'd like to thank the parents uh, for for just for taking it so seriously. You know, I understand little Jimmy will be the next Derek Jeter, and so I appreciate that competitive spirit that you guys bring to the game and to Little League Baseball. Uh, third, my, my umpire partner, Doug. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't show up week after week to do this. And last, but certainly not least, right, Clay Travis. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind I would not be sitting here today to accept this chutton if it wasn't for Clay <laughs> Travis. So thank you, Clay. Thank you. The man of the year. And to Doug. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. That's here right. I am. To Doug. Uh, Bill, to you. Speech. Thank you, sir. Bill, cheers, brother. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to the hey, weekend. Hey, have a great 2023. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. To the Chuttons as well. I pray that you throw out another media mogul this year also. That's my wish for you, Bill. Cheers. Back at it on Monday. Cheers to the Chuttons. Absolutely. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Join us at 3 Eastern Monday.